Hey everyone, this is Taylor Rotwell back with another Laravel snippet. It is January 31st here in the office, wrapping up another week of working on Laravel. Um, there's been a lot going on here. Uh, Dries has continued to do you know amazing work on the open source side of Laravel, handling issues and triaging issues and fixing bugs. And he's also been working on some Laravel routing speed improvements um, based on how we use the underlying Symphony routing features within Laravel. Um, Symphony a few years ago actually released some improvements to the routing library, some speed improvements. And uh, we're just trying to look at taking advantage of those within Laravel, which we haven't migrated to that yet. And he's done some pretty significant work um, making that happen. It's really, uh, really would be a big speed improvement if you have a lot of routes, um, say like, you know, thousands of routes. Um, so where you have, you know, like seven or 800 Git routes or something like that, or post routes. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, that's still being evaluated and kind of looked at. And uh, hopefully that works out for the, for the next release. Mohammed's continuing to provide support on uh, Forge and Vapor, as well as do any necessary maintenance on Vapor. We've merged a few bug fixes, a few new features there as well. And James has been working on Forge. He's working on a, a big new Forge feature that we hope to launch in the coming month or so. And we also launched support for Hetzner Cloud, which is a German uh, cloud server company. So that's a first party server provider in Forge now. In addition, we've been getting ready for Laracon Online um, at the end of February. You can get your tickets for that at laracon.net. Uh, I'm going to be talking at the uh, conference, of course, about Laravel 7, um, some new Blade features, some new Eloquent features, Q features, stub customization features, and honestly, uh, probably a handful of other stuff too. Laravel 7 is a pretty packed release with some cool new stuff. And Muhammad and I were talking the other, the other day that... Um, we felt like you had to go back to Laravel 5.5 to find such a feature-packed release, which was back in 2017, so several years ago. Um, so hopefully you all enjoy that. Definitely get your tickets to that conference. I think it's only $12 um, for today, and then it goes up to $25 after today. Also, uh, still in preparations for Laracon US 2020, uh, we've announced our first speakers so far, which are uh, myself, Jeffrey Way, Adam Wathen, the creator of Tailwind CSS, Jonathan Rennick, the creator of Inertia JS, Caleb Porzio, the creator of Laravel Livewire, and Frake, who has created an assortment of packages, including a Laravel Backup Manager, Media Library, and uh, his recent premium package, MailCoach. We're going to be launching the full website for Laracon 2020 soon. It's actually designed by Few, which is a company, a kind of a digital agency here in Little Rock, Arkansas. You can check them out at few.io. And of course, you can get your Laracon tickets at laracon.us. So I've been playing with Livewire and Inertia quite a bit, actually, this week and, and last week as well. And I've really been enjoying both. Um, Livewire is more of a, a departure from what you may be used to, but it's really slick and enjoyable to use. And Inertia is mainly an alternative to View Router. And I like it because I like being able to get all the data for the page in one trip, whereas with an SPA like Vapor, as soon as the page loaded, I needed to make like four or five um, asynchronous requests to my API to get the data I need. And Livewire is kind of modeled after Phoenix Live View, I guess, originally. Um, but 
it really um, sort of eliminates the need to use JavaScript much at all in your applications, and you still get that nice sort of live application feel, so to speak. So definitely check out both of those. And someone actually asked me on Twitter, you know, what would I use to build Vapor um, back when I started on it in late 2018? What would I use if I had the technologies um, available then that we have now? And that's a really hard question to answer, you know, and I thought back to when I first started building serious Laravel applications on my own um, was when I built Laravel Forge back in, gosh, I guess it was late 2013 when I started on it, something like that. And, you know, what led me to choose Angular 1 at the time? And I think one of the driving forces for why I went that way instead of a, just a straight up blade view application was I wanted the UI to feel real time. So like I needed real time deployment status updates, real time server status updates um, without having to refresh the page. And so that sort of led me down this path of using Pusher. And now I'm kind of deeper into JavaScript. So you might as well use the JavaScript framework. So now I'm using Angular and it just sort of crept in that way. And, um, you know, Back then and still today, Forge was actually still routed on the back end. Every page had its own back end Laravel route and its own Angular or Vue component for that whole page. So that part of it is actually somewhat similar to Inertia. Um, it was not a single page application with Angular or Vue router. And when building Vapor, that's a true single page application. Vapor uses Vue router on the front end and it calls into API routes that are authenticated using Passport to retrieve its data. Uh, of course, now I'd probably use Laravel Airlock for that API authentication functionality since I don't need the full power of OAuth on Vapor. So when thinking about, you know, comparing Inertia and Livewire, there are kind of things that I like about both of them. So that makes it hard for me to decide which one I would pick. Um, if I look at Livewire, I really like that I can just use Blade Syntax, which is built into Laravel and is actually getting improved quite a bit in Laravel 7. And I don't need any sort of simple separate template uh, compilation step. I don't need to compile those view files or anything. I can just sort of refresh the page. I also really like the polling feature that's built into Livewire. Um, I think many applications can honestly just get away with using polling uh, feature wisely instead of jumping straight into WebSockets with Echo. And of course, Livewire also has Echo support, so you can always graduate to that. But I like that that polling feature features built in as a starting point. I think that makes sense for a lot of applications. I mean, heck, even Basecamp, you know, which is a huge application, as far as I know, was still using polling for things um, just a year or two ago, um, even for things like Campfire and stuff like that. I don't know what they're using now, but, um, you know, a few years ago, an application that large was still using polling to do things. So it just goes to show really how far you can go with just simple uh, concepts like that. And then when I look at inertia, there is something comforting about being in view and knowing that, you know, I'm probably going to be able to easily integrate with any random JavaScript widget that I end up needing. There's probably useful view libraries for it uh, that, that make integrating with it easier. And I sort of see inertia as the less radical of the two libraries, in my opinion, in terms of a departure from what you may be used to. Inertia basically just replaces the routing layer of view router and also gives you a nice way to get your data into your view pages. But once you're in view, it's pretty much just typical view. Once you're inside that page, you can make Axios requests, you can you know, manage state all the same ways that you would in view. So it, it's very much less radical, I think, whereas Livewire, you know, you have this new live component concept and the way you manage um, your data and state is is pretty different. 
So there is something sort of more familiar about inertia, I'll say. But they both feel really good, and they're both really easy to use, actually. So, I mean, give them both a shot. And I think one thing I do know, I don't know which one I would pick for building a new application today, but I think I would definitely be tempted to pick either one of them over a traditional SPA with a client-side router because I think they both offer significantly less complexity than that approach. And most of the benefits are still present. And in many ways, they're even better um, user experience than a client-side routed application. So uh, regardless, I'm supporting both of them on GitHub sponsors because I like supporting people who are doing interesting things in the ecosystem. You know, it keeps the ecosystem fresh and interesting. It's not the same old, same old. It's people actually trying interesting, novel approaches to building applications. And I think that's always a good thing, even if you don't end up using them yourself. It's just nice to have that kind of stuff going on in the ecosystem. So I'm sponsoring both of those uh, developers, Caleb and Jonathan, on GitHub sponsors. And I really like what both of them are doing. So uh, to wrap up, kind of continuing the artisan inspire um, trend, I started on my last snippet where I kind of share try to share some sort of inspirational or, you know, a thought about productivity or life or whatever as programmers. And one thing I was thinking about is reviewing the day. And throughout history, a lot of just wisdom literature, both from philosophers or religious teachers, has advocated this practice of sort of reflecting on your day, either in the morning or in the evening before you go to sleep, just kind of reviewing how that day went in terms of your actions, your attitude, your emotional feelings, your spiritual feelings, what went well, what went poorly, what do you want to improve upon, and what steps can you take to improve it? So like, for example, you might look back on your day and think, you know, I spent too much time just wasting time surfing the internet on my phone today. And to fix that tomorrow, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Maybe I'm going to, after work, I'm going to set my phone on my nightstand or in my drawer for one hour and get some things done around the house or play with my kids or read a book or just eat dinner with my spouse or whatever. And I think this is a really helpful practice if you can work it into your routine. And think about it, if you do this every day, you're improving yourself a little bit each day. You're making small improvements to your life 365 times a year. And of course, over the course of several years, you're potentially making thousands of small improvements to your life. And that really adds up to making you, you know, healthier, happier, more productive person, both professionally and personally. Um, so I've been trying to work this into my routine. I thought I'd share it with you, maybe give you an idea. You can try it out and see if it helps you out as well. All right, so that's it for this week, and I'll be back soon with another snippet.